Well, hello, everyone. Nice to see your lovely faces. And I don't get to see you very often. You usually hide. Good to see you. Yeah. Well, let's see. Can you tell us if there's a poll in the um, in the field, Anne? We do not release our poll schedule. I figured, I figured, I figured. <laughs> uh, Thomas Cook. Hello, Thomas Cook. Carl Schilling, Bryce Oakley. Steve, how's your race going? You, by the way, you might as well all unmute until we... Um, until I hear dogs barking in the background, then I'll probably have to mute everybody. But um, hello, artist Chuck. Good to see everyone. Well, there's sure a lot to talk about. Um, when I do a Vistage meeting, when I used to do a Vistage meeting, we would start the meeting going around the table and asking folks to give a one minute synopsis of what the significant events in their life have been personally and professionally since we saw each other last. So let's try that and see if it's a good way to start the, start the ball rolling. Barry, what's um, significant events are you up to reporting personally and professionally since we saw you last? Well, um, I guess I would say the uh, most significant thing uh, is the the column I wrote uh, for this week. Uh, I've heard from a lot of people who really uh, appreciate it, including some Republicans uh, who have told me that, um, yeah, it explains a lot uh, what's happened in their party. So um, I was kind of happy to hear that because usually when I um, my my column my column usually brings in new subscribers, but then it, there are always some get mad and leave as well. So I'm always glad to hear from people who you know found it helpful. So that, I get that's the big thing. Good. Anything uh, per, uh, personally to significant in the last thirty days? Um, I got a haircut this morning. Well, that's not quite what I had in mind, but thanks. <laughs> sharing okay one minute or less uh bryce what's what significant events have happened in your world personally and professionally since we last saw you well because uh professionally i don't have a profession anymore except uh following all these great writers uh two things one uh personal but is uh public is that uh my wife joe continues to be in remission from her her latest tests and uh, they were significant and that is very good from her uh, diagnosis and so we're very happy about that. The other one was one that uh, Chuck Offenberger in particular will be familiar with and that is went to an amazing uh, church service uh, at Plymouth Church the, oh. this last Sunday and Chuck uh, had written about it uh, a column about it, about uh, Dr. Uh, Paula Stone Williams, uh, who is uh, six or seven years ago a trans. Is she uh, came out was a trans person, but it was she's a wonderful writer, a lecturer, and it was a moving experience uh, to see as well as uh, our congregation react to it. So those are two significant things that have occurred to me. Great. Great. Um, and uh, significant events in your world since we saw you last personally and professionally, if you are yeah. inclined to share. Well, personally, Julie, as you know, I finally, um, COVID had me in its sight and it finally got me. And I was, I had a couple of days of misery, but otherwise, you know, I'd been terrified when we first you know, were dealing with it. And, and if that was the worst, I was going to be okay. And then I took Plexlovid and then I got a rebound case. And though the studies, I read them all, um, are inconclusive as to whether that's what's going on with rebound cases. I did have another week of shutdown, um, but I'm back, still a little bit of a cough. On the professional side, I reconnected last week with a former client who I think will be now an, a current client soon. And he works at uh, a McGraw Wildlife foundation outside of Chicago. 
it's just fascinating and I could go on for a long time. It, some of the most interesting work, but they are trying to talk to, to try to figure out how to talk to people who do not hunt about why it's okay if some people do. They don't want to convert them into being hunters. They, they I mean, some do, but they don't. But how to talk about the wildlife management and the role that hunting plays. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, that sounds interesting. Okay. Very interesting. All right. Who'd like to go next? Uh, we are we are now have a quorum of 22 folks on the call, so we probably won't be able to get through everybody. But if you would like to share what uh, a significant event that has happened in your world personally and professionally, have at it. Dell, why don't we, we call on you? In one minute, sum up the significant events for you personally and professionally, if you if you care to. Oh, you're you're muted. Sorry. That's good. There you go. I, I hope I hope the background noise is not so bad. So bad. Uh, I'm in a highly unusual. I'm in a restaurant, and I didn't want to miss you because I learned so much uh, listening to you every week, and that's right. my that that that's. That's my function for being here. Um, I'm, uh, I teach a, um, uh, I lead a course uh, for uh, American University uh, OSHA Lifetime Learning. Uh, and I, uh, it, 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 it's a course, discussion course. Every week we pick out um, uh, two articles from the New Yorker, uh, anything. Uh, Sometimes we have a poetry day now, uh, later in the in the week, uh, later in the year that uh, uh, we started last year. But I find it uh, extraordinarily uh, interesting the selections that um, uh, are made from the New Yorker. Extraordinarily eclectic, uh, uh, and you having you, you never know what's going to come up for, for the next week. So that's that that's what one thing I've started uh, uh, back last week. Uh, and the other thing is uh, I'm getting my little sub stack uh, together um, um, as, as I've noted to you in several occasions, I suspect. Um, I'm interested in the state um, because I believe it's as unique. I, I believe it is a un it is the unique uh, uh, jurisdiction in the, in the United States and maybe in the Western world. Uh, which is capable of regeneration. Uh, a significant reason for that. Hey, is I just finished the Grimes on Homefill. I can. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, the reason the reason I believe in Iowa is because uh, it was uh, the last state, uh, the last jurisdiction, the last uh, mm -hmm. a group of people uh, who adopted uh, the ethic of the of the uh, Northwest Ordinance. That's, that, that is the Midwest. That, okay. is, the big, that is the Big Ten. And All right. That, 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 that's what my Substack is gonna be about. Well, that'll be interesting. Thank you for sharing. I am gonna put you on mute because we are getting some background music, music, not noise. Anyway, thank you. All right. Anybody else wanna go? Significant events in your world since we saw you last, both personally and professionally, uh, we don't have to do that. We can talk about other things. But uh, John Schmidt, you're traveling all over the place. I want to hear from you. What are some of the significant events in your life, personally and professionally? Deb and I spent about two weeks in Uzbekistan, visiting the Fergana Valley, Tashkent, uh, Samarkand, uh, Kiva, and uh, Buhara. Had a wonderful time. It's interesting. It's in the middle of the five stands, surrounded by Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan. But it has a secular government, and the people with whom we talked were very proud of that. They did not want a Muslim religious government. There has been pressure in the last uh, six, seven years to become more compliant with Sharia law and uh, the women with whom we spoke uh, objected to that. They did not want to be required to cover their hair and and limit their occupations and activities. So very interesting experience traveling in that country. 
you you and Deb have done some absolutely terrific travel. How do you how do you decide where you're going to go? For example, this this latest trip. What caused you to want to go there? We did a trip in Iran in 2016, just after the Joint Comprehensive Pact had been signed and Iran had released five American prisoners. We joined a small group of Americans that had just completed a tour of the five stands, those countries I just mentioned. And Deb said, I want to go there. But after doing due diligence, we decided Uzbekistan was the safest and best. It was the center of the Silk Road and had lots of historic sites. Lots of history there. Wow. Oh, that sounds fascinating. Well, I can't wait to see more pictures, so I hope you post them. Um, Chuck, I want to hear from you, if you don't mind, about what's going on in Jefferson regarding your, your initiative to bring in more immigrants as employees and members of your community. What's, what's happening? Okay, in one minute. Um, oh, you can have more than one minute. That's all right. Uh, we have launched, uh, we, I say, is the Green County Development Corporation. I've been working with them for two years as a volunteer, just a member of the group. Finally, I joined after I got involved, but they decided to launch a uh, what we call the multifamily, um, or multicultural family resource center. And basically it's an it's a initiative to grow the workforce, grow the population, uh, and keep our major manufacturers here. We have five of them. We're really blessed for a rural county, five manufacturers that are in uh, metal fabrication uh, to get them enough workers to allow them to grow. They're now We're down like 316 jobs that we anticipate over the next five-year period. And with the retirement of the baby boomer, boomer generation, this could really threaten our manufacturing base here. Uh, farming's great in Greene County, one of the most fertile places in the world. Um, but we've got this manufacturing base, which really makes us unique here and has provided us a lot of uh, uh, substantial incomes. And we just can't keep up with filling up the need for welders and assemblers and all of the things that go into that kind of work. And so we are, uh, we're going where the population's growing, and that is ba basically in other cultures uh, from anywhere all over the world, but probably will be significantly, uh, a significant increase in the Latino population here. Uh, it's fascinating to work on this. Uh, we've had Latino people here for 25 years working in agriculture, but now we're uh, bringing people in or uh, we're going to be recruiting them to come in and learn the industrial jobs and uh, it's it's transforming the county because one of the things that's held us back is we've had no housing and uh, available so now we're really working hard on that and we've got prospects for adding uh i uh, in the neighborhood of 200 to 225 homes in the next three years um which if in a town in a county of 8,700 people you add that many homes, that many families, uh, it's going to have a huge impact on this uh, county. One fascinating thing to watch with it, I think we have a chance to turn around 100 years of rural population decline in Greene County. Uh, we were almost 20,000 people here 100 years ago, and today we're 8,700. So you can see what the drain is or what the challenge is for manufacturing here. But it's going to just make this a more interesting and more fun place to live, too. So that's it. I went over a minute. but No, that's OK. That, that was just when we were doing our check-in thing. I think the topic is is something many people on the call would have, have an interest in for a variety of reasons. And I see Kirk Stouse is on the call, who's in Okaboji and is a realtor. The, the Spirit Lake area, the business area, has done an, an interesting job in creating uh, seasonal housing, at least for for the seasonal workers. Kirk, do you know much about that initiative? And you're on mute, so you'll need to. There you go. Sure. <clears throat> no, I think the reason they did what they did, they built basically a great big dormitory to uh, take care of all the summer help that that was needed because there's just no short term uh, rental properties. So the Arnold's Park Amusement Park actually funded and built a big dorm for all the summer kids, people, not necessarily kids, but most are kids. 
And a, a majority of those are uh, foreign. They, they can't find local kids to work. Now, part of the reason the local kids don't work is they're so busy in every other sport and business, you know, they're, uh, it's not like <laughs> when I was a kid, you came to the summer and you, you know, came to the lake, you got a job and that was what you did, but that's not the case anymore. Well, there was a fascinating piece on 60 Minutes last night. I don't know if anybody saw that, but um, they're using the 3D printing process to build low rent or affordable housing using cement. And anybody see that show? Raise your hand. Yeah. Uh, fascinating. Chuck, if you haven't seen it, you might you might find it fascinating. This the the entrepreneurs got into it to try and address homelessness <clears throat> and um, they're they're doing an extraordinary job with the construction of these things using 3d printing ro robotic techniques and they even have a contract with NASA <clears throat> to build build things on Mars and the moon so it's it's absolutely fascinating it'll be we will see some of that here in Green County before we're done uh We've had uh, a couple of different companies come in and consult with us on it, and they just weren't quite ready to, you know, put in it, put a, a, we wanted to build a couple of kind of experimental homes here to just to see how it would work. And we hope to make that happen in the next couple of years, uh, because it, it, it could be an answer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Laura Bellin had a question in the chat. She wants to know more about the kind of housing being built in Greene County, mostly Single family homes or townhomes or apartments? I, uh, a big uh, complex that we're uh, working on right now is basically duplexes that will be like uh, uh, targeted for families because our, our emphasis is recruiting whole families here since we're working on not only workforce but working on uh, uh, population growth too. And so a, a lot of duplexes. Uh, and then single family houses too, a combination of rentals and uh, for sale. Uh, and uh, and our, our thing is to uh, try to, we'll see some of our people here now move into this new housing and open up their, their previous homes to, to uh, reworking those. And then, uh, so we have newcomers and people who are already here all mixed in together all over the county. Um, but ba basically you've got to, the challenge is building new homes. If you're going to talk about a single family home for our workers up here in these manufacturers, for, if they're in a position where they want to buy a home, you know, they're going to have trouble going above $200,000 for a home. Um, uh, cause they, on their, they get paid away above uh, $20 an hour and good retirements, good benefits, but it's, uh, it's tough for them to spend more than that on a house uh rentals up here we're getting uh for duplexes and other apartments uh right now uh the existing stock is probably uh 800 to 700 to 800 dollars a month uh the new new projects that are being built now will probably go up to 950 uh 950 bucks would be a top end for one of those duplexes um so but the I think the key thing we've learned is you got to have a, a available a variety of housing at different levels of uh, cost. So, absolutely okay. Well, it, are you getting queries from other uh, communities about how what you're doing and how you're going about it? Do you see see this taking off in other other parts of the state? Oh yeah, um, the, just like uh, Kirk said, you know the finding workforce is just a, a challenge for everybody, especially across rural Iowa. And uh, the things that make it unusual what we're doing here is we've been gone into this proactively. Uh, diversification of the population where it's happened around Iowa has basically been a situation where it's happened to communities because some big employer, often a meatpacker, would uh, go recruit people from around the world to come in and work. Uh, we are you know, we're intentionally being proactive about taking the steps to get our county in order to have available housing, have the school. The school is geared up and ready to go. We have a career academy here to help with a uh, new career academy to help with training workers 
working with our local industries. So we've proactively taken these steps and we think it's going to be, and because we're doing it that way, a lot of people are paying attention to what we're doing here. We've had a number of communities call us and visit us about what we're doing. But I mean, we went to school on Storm Lake and Perry and Denison and West Liberty. You know, I, how we've learned a lot from other communities um, uh, that have been through this before and, and learned best steps to make it work well. Number one thing in rural Iowa um, is you, you've got to prove that you're a welcoming community. And I think that's an interesting challenge for small towns in Iowa. Because we've, you know, on the space of it, that's what we've always said. You know, we're a very welcoming people out here in rural Iowa. And so now this is a test. You know, is everybody welcome out here? In my mind, they are. And and the reason we're going to grow is because we're using some of this. We're using the same. This is not new stuff. We're using the same ideas that worked here 100 years ago. We're going to have people coming from around the world. A lot of newcomers here, and uh, I, I think it's going to work and work well. Well, I'm excited for you. Is anybody doing a kind of a chronology documentary kind of thing about this? I assume you are to some extent, but is anybody um, recording stuff? or? Um, no, we've had some media follow us. The Washington Post wrote a long piece about us as we were starting a year and a half ago. And um, they intend to be back and check in with us along the line. Uh, and of course, the uh, the local television stations have been here, uh, and then our lo local media are chronicling it all along the way too. So there there'll be a good history of it. Good, thank you, uh, Admiral Franken. Gotta gotta ask you on ask you about your take on the what seems to be a huge failure of. Uh, intelligence in going on in the world today. Do you, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I suspect you have thoughts, maybe more than more information than the rest of us on this call. Well, I don't know if that's, that's the case. I was, I just got back lately, late last night, early this morning from um, Ukraine and Romania, a border region uh, doing some stuff. And uh, so, and prior to that, I've gone for over a week. So a little bit out of sorts here, but um, the, what's, it, it's absolutely, an operation of this magnitude, this complexity would necessitate the participation over the course of a couple of months of a hundred and some people at least, if not a thousand people. So to keep that quiet, keep that under wraps, to keep that from being discussed electronically, which is going to get intercepted, uh, drops the, the host of, of listening individuals uh, that are there, the cover agents, et cetera, is impossible, to almost inconceivable from my perspective. You know, how do you teach a paraglider uh, individual to, to, to do that mission? I mean, you get a, this is, involves a lot of people. For instance, so um, it's 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 remarkable if they were to achieve that without the with the Israelis who have phenomenal penetration power in the Gaza and in West Bank to a lesser extent the West Bank uh, and other the the other intelligence agencies. I mean the, the Egyptians are much 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 as ingrained as anybody else there along with the Jordanians. So that's it's kind of odd that that happened the way it did. Um, I don't think um, eradicating uh, the Palestinians, as Netanyahu kind of inferred, was is uh, well, it's abhorrent. It made me. It was. I was so in, enraged when I saw that. I immediately tweeted that I can think of no more evil reason for warfare than than to do it on religious ideology. But that's neither here nor there. Um, uh, but the the manner in which this is done with parading around. Uh, uh, raped women and uh, and the like that's happening as well is pretty amazing. Shooting people in cold blood, civilians, obviously. Uh, it this is this is you know, whenever you think that humankind has transitioned from a medieval sense in things, think again, think again. We are the same individual as ever before, 
and we take scalps. It's an ugly world. So um, this this is poorly timed. You know, we've got this, the backdrop of Sudan across the way. Just so you know, Sudan and Israel are pretty close, trying to develop a relationship. You've got the Israeli, you've got the Abraham Accords that are that are that are rumbling about. Iran has uh, gotten um, stronger in the mix of our invasion of Iraq and has developed alternate uh, funding sources. The six billion dollars that was part of the Biden uh, thing that that that, that it's inconsequential to any of this. Um, uh, hopefully, this won't grow into something wider that encompasses Beirut, Lebanon. But I think Beirut, Lebanon is next. Uh, and uh, behind all this sits Putin, happy as a happy as a clam, and and frankly, China, who's 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 playing the innocent person behind all this, but knowing that her market share is going to increase with every one of these conflicts because those that buy from her will only increase. So it's general, it's just bad all the way around. If the stock market doesn't go down today because of this, I don't know what it, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to say about our financial markets. So- I guess they're closed. Yeah, probably a good thing. Uh, maybe this is a dumb question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Is it in, in your belief that <clears throat> it's possible that some of the, classified documents Trump had at Mar-a-Lago could have played any kind of role in providing intelligence that made this possible? I, I, I wouldn't dare to venture a guess. Um, why he tried to harbor those so much, why he tried to, you know, Donald Trump is a, uh, is, is, is a, is a uh, nothing but a, horse trader and purveyor of what he has. Um, and I and I, I think, I believe uh, many of the individuals that say that he intended to use this information for business dealings. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. I think the guy is absolutely, um, uh, is devoid of, uh, of a moral code, code whatsoever. I think he's absolute adrift of every conceivable Judeo-Christian standard of, of um, probity that we have ever heard. So I'm gonna come back to you. I, I, I okay, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I truly detest the man. Yeah, tell us how you really feel. I truly detest the man. No, I would, I heard you, yeah. Probably don't, won't get a lot of uh, pushback at least among the folks on on this call. Um, Laura, I'm had sorry for Iowa. Yeah. Laura had a question for you. Uh, she read that some commentators over the weekend were saying that Hamas was able to succeed in part because the IDF has so many resources stationed to protect the settlements and didn't have much deployed in the South. Is that your understanding? Yeah, yeah, that is that is true. But, but they had what they had five years ago. Um, but uh, you know, so... We were very engaged 10 years ago, 15 years ago, intercepting components going into Gaza. The trot, the trot line was into Yemen across, I don't know if you guys want to know this or not, but into yeah. Yemen in the north, yeah. uh, by road across Yemen, by um, uh, Hadia up the the Red Sea into Sudan, the small ports in Sudan, by car through the trot line along uh, North Sudan or into northern into northern region of Sudan through Egypt across the Sinai into Gaza. That was the trot line of components, and we were extremely engaged in assisting, as it may be. Uh, the Israelis for intercepting that. And if you look in the history books, you'll see that there were some uh, interceptions done in the Red Sea. Um, those I was very familiar with how that was happening, if you know what I mean. And um, uh, I don't hear that happening anymore. So I don't know if, if we if that if that conduit uh, grew lame, 
But I know that the Egyptians did not go through with some of our anti-tunneling technologies uh, that we had pushed upon them, but they they resisted that. There's a lot of money in being a uh, intermediary for for um, um, violence, you know. If you were advising President Biden right now, what would your advice, what would your counsel be? Find somebody else to run in 24. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> but, no, seriously. Well, maybe you are serious. Uh, what would you what would you advise the president about what's going on in the Mideast? Well, I think um uh I think um uh Mr. Netanyahu has has a free hand. Uh, they're gonna do more than mow the grass this time around. This is this is this is not gonna be good. The the aid community of the Norwegians and others, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. Uh, um, they're going to lose patience with uh, Hamas and the Fatah and, and the like. I think internal to uh, Hezbollah, Fatah, Hamas, uh, and some of the other entities, smaller entities, th there is an internal struggle going on of, of gargantuan size. Very, very. If you could, you could say you could talk about the struggle inside the Republican Party, but this is much more. Um, this is much more terminal. We haven't seen the end of it. I don't think most Americans understand it. Matter of fact, I guarantee most Americans don't understand it. I don't. And it is, it is part of this. It's part of this one hundred percent that's happening. Um, uh, people are vying for first among equals. Uh, Islamic State is also a sub element. So, uh, and, and I think politically in America, we could draw quasi-equivalencies here across the board. Um, by President Biden, you know, don't go counter to longstanding principles. Wait until intelligence gets better formed. See how the immediate turns out. So the reason a lot of these hostages were taken, you realize, so that the Israelis would not have the ability to just carpet bomb Gaza. And that there was a, a manner in which the, uh, the Gazans can get some of their people out. And the Israelis have some, some really valuable individuals under lock and key. Uh, Hamas um, soldiers and informants and the like. So they want them. They want those people back. So um, I don't know. At this at this stage, um, you can't say this is their fight. We're, we're part of the fight, but um, we help where we can. We mediate where we must, where we should, um, and we're we we. Say less, do a little less until we know what's going on. You know, you mentioned that most Americans don't understand what's going on, and and that's for sure. I think a piece of that is because uh, something about Kim Kardashian or Taylor Swift will get a hell of a lot more clicks in legacy media than than global affairs. Would you uh, would you write something about what you think? People ought to know about what's going on, and we can. Laura and I can both post it. Laura, I'm speaking for you, but I'm. Suspecting. Well, Laura, Laura, no, Laura has has a great bridge into Russia, the Ukraine. I mean, it, there's a there are there are arcs of of this um, that that that. I mean, it, it, this is this is a slurry of relationships religions, cultures, long-held animosities, money, natural resource, um, foraging. It's, this is so complex. 
And we are mere babes in this whole process. Yeah, I am not an expert on on Russian politics anymore. I haven't followed it professionally for more than 15 years. So I am no more informed than the average reader of the New York Times when it comes to Russian politics at this point. I got an earful in the last week, that's for sure. Say more <laughs> about that. Uh, could I ask uh, the Admiral something? Sure. Um, uh, sir, we... Um, uh, if 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 we provided logistic support, uh, including uh, most importantly, including um, uh, refueling structure uh, to support any Israeli incursion into Iran, would that make us a combatant in your view? Well, um, Mr. Spurlock, they, they, they don't really need air-to-air -air refuelers. Um, the, the transits are so short that they, they, they take off their immediate operational altitudes and 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 they've got to go back for more gas for for, for more for wep more weaponry, frankly. So that happens in such a short cycle that it's not necessary. What the United States, the best thing we can do is provide them highly refined, comprehensive in, uh, intelligence pictures. It won't be as good as the Israelis have, but it'll be in the aggregate. An, an additional source and a different and a slightly different perspective. I, I, militarily, there's at this stage, there's very little that we can do to help Israel. Matter of fact, what they what they have created, their Iron Dome and other systems, they've taken U.S. technology and they've made it better. Almost categorically speaking. Okay. Any other questions? I, I you know, I, I know you don't want to dominate the call today, but you just came back from Ukraine. So I, I think you win the prize for having, having perhaps the most, well, John Schmidt came pretty close, but tell us about uh, how you spent your summer vacation in uh, Ukraine. Oh, uh, well, we were in Brawley uh, along the border of Ukraine. Uh, I, I I can't we cannot go there, so we were across the river, and uh, and we took a river ride, um, and the drones fly. I mean, the, the people are people are very nervous, and I was I, I was very uncomfortable being on a, a a big president's yacht, in essence, and uh, because high, highly how how targetable is that? Um, what maybe were you doing we were, on, wait, 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 wait. What were you doing we were on the, oh, 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 hold it. What were you doing on a president's yacht? Uh, we were having discussions. Oh. For three days. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, um, the, uh, the, the, the Russians are pulling pages out of, World War II textbooks on how to execute this. Um, they they are they're pulling some of the Nazi te techniques out and going after uh, the, the the human element in the war, which is never very successful. Um, th there was interestingly, I, I'll say this that in this in this amalgamation of foreign ministers from the the the. Uh, you know, Estonia and Latvia and Lithuania, et cetera. A couple of polls. I guess it's most interesting what countries are represented there. Uh, the Moldovans and uh, Romanians, Bulgarians, um, Turks, of course. Uh, a couple of other countries that shouldn't be, should, shouldn't be mentioned. And... Um, it's interesting that some people actually thought that Ukraine struggle was closer to being at the midway point or on the on the wane than what I did. I think it's just the beginning of the beginning. 
versus the end of the beginning. I think this is a long-term struggle. But everybody agrees that internal to Russia, Putin's hold is, is resolute. And um, even if they backtracked on this and, and said ceasefire unilaterally, we're holding where we are, and made that difficult decision for Ukraine as to what to do to next, uh, even in that situation, which would be looked at as a defeat, Putin's uh, hold on his office wouldn't waver. So what happens if, and by the way, if any of you have any other comments, I see Lowell Nor Norland has a comment in the chat, uh, feel free to chime in. But what happens if the Republicans prevail and aid to Ukraine is, is blocked or lessened? Uh, well, it might be lessened even if you even if Biden um, and and the House swaps to a degree. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know how how public opinion is going to go on this. Um, you know, the public opinion is only one atrocity away, and atrocities can happen on both sides. Uh, so. Uh, um, we are the principal provider, but right now the rest of the world is providing more, and many, many, many countries are providing more per capita than we are to Ukraine. Uh, what I told the Ukrainians yesterday, in very uncertain terms, or the last couple of days, what in no uncertain terms is there's a couple of things that Americans do not like. Contrary to Donald Trump, most people do not like corruption, and that will that will turn the taste buds of people's involvement in, in supporting you. You, you, cannot, you cannot be that way. Um, and so any, any involvement, I got a dog who, who missed me this night. Aww. Uh, and, uh, uh, so keep the corruption on the, on the, on the low, low down. And, and you know, this, this doesn't ring very loudly to most of them because this has kind of been their way of life for generations. But, uh, Atrocities, rule of armed conflict, all of that must must be held uh, uh, in in high regard, uh, and, um, and 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 we should help them as much as we can in a technology and an and information sharing. We can do a lot more from space than what we do. Um, we should share with them the human element, which right now we're not so sharing with anybody, and that is what we know about the people they're fighting against. I, I have, from day one, thought we ought to highlight who the commander is of what unit and where they are so that atrocities can be documented. <laughs> and, 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 and if uh, the International Criminal Court start filing on every one of these individuals right now, because there's got to be there's got to be some public opinion internal to Russia, including in the family structure, that dad is a criminal, and the courts after him, and consequently he will not be able to leave this country ever. And this is the result of the guy that's in charge. And, and some people will become more resolute; others will will I think have a uh, uh, sensibility associated with it. So, well, thank you. Thank you for hopping on the call today. I, I always find conversations with you fascinating and you certainly have a perspective that the rest of us don't. Any other questions for the Admiral while he's on the call? Uh, going once, Barry, I can't believe you don't have a question. Come on, of course you do. Well, I don't so much have a question as, as a, <clears throat> a view or a comment. And that is, I couldn't help but think yesterday uh, as the Republicans were all venting their uh, outrage and talking about how much Israel has the right to defend itself, which of course it absolutely does, uh, I couldn't help but think about the contrast with what they're saying about our help for Ukraine. Um, you know, you make the same you can make the same arguments about Ukraine's need to protect itself uh, from um, a bullying neighbor. Um, and uh, one that's, you know, uh, literally waging war against them. 
uh, and, and they seem to have a very different opinion uh, on that conflict. Yeah. Um, I, just, just so we have a full perspective uh, in Ukraine, they have lost far more people per capita than we lost in World War II. Just the other day, they, they um, had 1,800 bodies returned, uh, 50, 55 the other day, civilians from a cafe. This is ongoing every day. And in, in the lines, we think they lost 179,000 people so far, dead. That's a lot. So Vietnam times four times uh, from a population perspective, what are they, 40,000, 40 million? Um, so do the math, not just stunning. So, um, and they're uh, resolute. I spent a lot of time with their, ahead of their Navy, what it, how, it, how it exists today. And some of their, a um, couple of their government officials and um, they are absolutely without emotion. They've passed through that stage. Mm. Wow. Did that surprise you? Did anything about your conversation surprise you? Um, well, you know, when, when, a, when a person goes through that stage, then they become very dangerous. Because not now, now they're cold-blooded and they don't give up. So what, what that told me was, if that's the situation, going after the citizenry and the civilian infrastructure makes no difference. All that does is make the country more hardened. Uh, I just fear for the, the Russians have done a superlative job the last eight months in making defenses. And this is a terrible slow go. And I, F-16s, wah, 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 that's not going to make much difference. This is one tree at a time, one outhouse at a time, three yards at a time. This is World War I slogging. And the whole time... World opinion is swaying between these uh, talking heads and the media manipulation and and all that, which we're going to see more and more of. This is not the time in the United States for have such division, both in Israel or in um, Eurasia. And, and and the next next step is uh, Sudan. Lebanon's going to get involved because Hezbollah sees sees their hold on things slipping, and Iranians are behind so much of this. And I, they, I, I, uh, Tehran pisses me off so much. They have so much potential, and the uh, the leadership throws the rest of Iran under a bus and have for the last forty years. Stupid. <laughs> Do you think there's any way that, let's take Iowa as a microcosm of, of the country, that there's any way that people can see beyond, that can, people can see the import of what this division is doing in, in Congress? I mean, my God, we don't even have an ambassador to Israel. All of these things are held up. All of the, Tommy Tuberville holding up military uh, appointments. All of this is contributing to the weakening of this country, right? I think it is. I think it's... Um, so what struck me the most when I was in France speaking on, on democracy the other day, uh, month, two months ago, was how, how uh, the Europeans, and categorically speaking, all of them, we're so expectant that the United States would be the way we always are. We go through, you know, we make a lot of mistakes, but in the end, we, we're there for them and we help them out. And we, do, we do what's right. They don't realize how close we were in 2020 that that would not be the case. Mm 
And I, I had to mention it again in this in this last get together, folks. We're on we're on very fragile ground. You realize that. So the the information warfare, the the small atrocities which which may be committed by Ukraine, they'll get amplified and they will change public opinion enough that they'll change elections potentially. This is bad. There's no room for error here. We are we are feeble. You mentioned and something behind all this. <laughs> China is just kind of watching it, saying, you know, we've got internal problems to our, to our of our own, but man, this is this couldn't happen that happened to at a better time. Hey, I do have one question, Julie. Um, sure. What is the what what impact do you think, if any? have the recent intelligence breaches that we've had uh, uh, in the United States where we've had moles. Uh, I mean, I, I can remember when you, you could almost watch the pins go in the map where human assets were disappearing uh, overseas because of these leaks. And I'm just curious what role you think that might have played in Hamas's ability to uh, pull this thing off without anybody suspecting that it was coming. Um, sir, I, I think the Israelis have this well in hand. Uh, I, I got to know their, um, their intelligence leadership extremely well. Um, when I was the plans and policy chief responsible with a collateral duty of the defense of Israel and the, uh, to ensure that they had qualitative, um, uh, uh, capabilities more so than all their neighbors and the like, where I met with, Benny Gantz quite frequently on the, on these very topics. They, w there's nothing that we can really offer them other than some technology and some grander architecture assistance. But from the human intelligence, I can't believe that this happened the way it did. I cannot believe it. Inconceivable that a bunch of ragtags interspersed with all sorts of in internal anim animosities could keep this from the Israeli authorities. Okay, here's or another. Or if there thing. was just the Israel, or if Israel had a sensibility about it, they just didn't know when. That could be the case. Sir, could I have another question? Our intelligence structure is based upon the concept of a multiplicity of collectors and analysts structure. Yes. We the concept of com co 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 competitive intelligence disappeared, as far as I can tell, uh, years ago with the loss of uh, uh, Mr. Ames and others uh, in that significant bombing uh, in, the, in the late 80s. We do not have we we don't compete with with the Israelis anymore, and maybe that's to their detriment as well as ours in, in terms of developing assets that we would have that are not necessarily controlled by the Israelis. Is, is that your impression of what our structure? We don't have the kind of structure that we had in Beirut now. And maybe that is to Israelis, to the Israelis uh, detriment also. I, I can't compare the then and now so much, uh, sir, but I can say that um, for, for all the right reasons, Jimmy Carter, and since that time, we've made some uh, congressional presidential directives that have been unhelpful in securing the type of high-level human intelligence that is cannot be equaled with any other kind of kind of technology. And the spies, the spies usually highlight the most productive individuals that are doing the best work because they're the most notable ones. And therefore, the names and the, the breaches that they make are usually the most detrimental. 
the Millers, the Ames, and 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 the, and the people that you don't even know that we picked up and prosecuted and are sitting in Lawrence, Kansas. Is it within the realm of possibility that perhaps not on the scale that the attack was and is that that um, there was anyone who might have hoped something like this would happen to solidify the current regime because of the 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 bludgeoning within, not literally, but oh, the wag the dog sequence. I don't know. Yeah. Actually, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that in writing. I, I hardly want to say it. I mean, it's it's too it's too terrible to say. Yeah. The the old Coventry uh, decision matrix. I was thinking about World the War Two. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, I sure appreciate you being um, on this call. You you offer a perspective that is so important, and and we don't have. <laughs> And we don't have access to, and I'm just sitting here looking at the 29 of us on this call thinking we had a real opportunity to to talk to somebody who knows so much more about it than than the than the legacy media uh, offers. I hope you I hope you write something. I hope you do, you know. Um, I, I would be I would be most comfortable if I never talked about it. Yeah. But if you don't talk about it, who will? Do we? Oh, need you got to all those people on, all those people on X to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so, any, any, I, we're we're coming up on the. Uh, go ahead. Um, I, I think just just keep your opinions at bay for now. I think a lot will come out in the next couple of days. Okay. The level of knowledge of this will. Will, will be asymptotic, but so will the stories of terrible human behavior. Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta kind of keep that aside, keep that part of you aside. It's not easy to do um, as you dissect what, what this is all about, but it's not just reaching out to hurt um to, to hurt Israel on a surface plateau to um, get more natural resources into the Gaza. That's, this is more way, way more engaged than that. Mm -hmm. Multifaceted. You made this a more. It sure is. You made a reference to something I, I don't think Democrats ought to be talking about out loud, and that is uh, Biden not running again, because I don't think there's any indication that he's not going to run. On the other hand, I'm thinking if I'm if I'm a big fan of Pete Buttigieg or Gavin Newsom or you know anybody out there who might be in a position to step in if if something were to happen and Biden would not be on the ticket, I would be actively promoting uh, people to go to the Iowa caucuses and become delegates and and um, go to the national convention from for my man or woman. It, has anybody hearing of any rumblings out there of Laura, have you heard of any kind of secret stealth? Well, and campaign? you won't because there are huge, the DNC has huge sanctions on illegal campaigning. I mean, I don't think, I mean, barring some enormous health catastrophe before next year's convention, I don't think there is any way Biden is going to be replaced. I mean, I would, Love to have us running Gretchen Whitmer, frankly. That would be my preference. But um, no, I mean, I don't think there's, a, there's any point in trying to build an organization to get people to show up at their precinct caucuses because it's all going to be the, the presidential preference card thing is going to happen separately and Biden is going to get 98 or 99 percent of that. So I don't know. I'm not talking about the caucus. I'm talking about on down the road national convention. Oh, so, I don't know. I haven't heard of any efforts to recruit people. I think that everyone's just going to hope that Joe Biden doesn't have a huge health problem. So I haven't heard of anybody. I think they're all positioning themselves for 2028. I mean, you already see that with Newsom. He's vetoing a bunch of liberal legislation right now. Indeed. Well, you know, it's funny. I had about... Um... 
10 little items of inclusion exercises for us to talk about if nobody had anything to say, you know, if you were going to have a dinner party and invite famous people, who would they be? You know, those kinds of talk radio uh, questions. And I did not have to resort to that mm-hmm. uh, happily, although it would have been a different kind of interesting. Uh, Michael Franken, Admiral Franken, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I suspect you have a little sleep to catch up on. And all of you, thank you for being here. Thanks for, for your support of the Iowa Writers Collaborative and for the scholarship fund for the Okaboji Writers Retreat. It really is important. I, I've been hearing from people who were at the last retreat and they're already working on their essays or their books or their letters to the editor. So we're making a difference. It's you know just one little step at a time, but we're, we're making a difference. And thank you for being part of this fabulous community. Take care. <laughs>